This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. Good Thursday morning, everybody. I am Glenn the Geek from Ocala, Florida. And I'm Lisa Graham from Watsika, Illinois. And you are listening to a special Draft Horse episode of Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network, presented by the Draft Horse Journal for December 7th, 2017. Today's episode number is 1829. This episode episode is brought to you by the 2018 World Clydesdale Show. Good morning, Heavy Horse World. Good morning. As I promised, we are going to have a class that is second to none. We are going to be bringing in the Clydesdales, the Belgians, and the Pertrans in the arena. Well, that is what we're talking about, and it's Christmas time again. Good morning, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. We are only a couple of weeks away from Christmas, believe it or not, and then the end of the year, and then 2018. So uh, time is flying, and we have Lisa here. She is here the first Thursday of every month, and we're happy to have her. Of course, this is brought to you by the Draft Horse Journal, and we talk all things Draft Horse. It's the big butts today. Hey, Lisa. Good morning. And isn't it hard to believe that it's almost Christmas, and these months seem to fly by when it's time for you and I to, to have this monthly conversation. It's like, I can't believe it's already been a month. I know. I look at the calendar and I, I at, on Monday, I always check out what's going on for the whole week. And I went, this week I went, is Lisa on again Thursday? Because <laughs> we just did this. <laughs> it was I know, just but a I couple do travel weeks a little, ago. Do that. <laughs> yeah, it was just a couple I of weeks ago. I do travel a lot, of, a lot of ground between our shows. Last couple shows, I actually was lucky enough to be in Las Vegas and now I'm home. I'm trying to get settled in for Christmas. And it's been crazy weather up here. Uh, about three days ago, it was 60 degrees. We were run- running around literally outside doing that last-minute winter, you know, putting water tank heaters in and doing all that. But we were in short sleeves. And today when I woke up and we did our pre-show, it's 30 degrees. So there it's kind go. of a big adjustment to drop 30 degrees in three days. And you're in Illinois, Indiana area again? I am. I actually am just about, I'm in Illinois, but about five miles from the Indiana border. So I'm, I'm right in that central area, kind of located easily where I can be at Indiana State Fair, Wisconsin State Fair, um, Iowa, just in a matter of a few hours. Are you in that part? Good location. Are you in that part that we drive through and it's all flat? Yeah. Yes. The joke always is that we can watch our dog run away for two weeks. (laughs) That's how flat it is. Okay, don't make me laugh. That hurts. Uh, so, <laughs> yes. That's pretty good, though. <laughs> I forgot. You told me earlier, and for our listeners that don't know, little accident Glenn had, and he's dealing with a few broken ribs, and he told me the story, and I said, Glenn, 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 you've got to make it more exciting than tripping I got kicked by a draft horse. Falling. Okay, is be, that better? I got kicked by yeah, a draft horse. Yeah, it's got to be you got... You, <laughs> that's the story I would go with versus I tripped and fell. So yeah, yeah. he told me, don't make make me laugh and i've blown it in the first two minutes yeah that was pretty funny so we what are we doing jennifer we're doing a whole bunch of stuff today we got a lot of people coming up 
on today's Draft Horse episode brought to you by the Draft Horse Journal. We are going to chat with Tim Sparrow, who is the show hitch manager for Young Living Farms in Utah. And Tim Carroll is going to stop by and share his experiences using horsepower for logging. And to fill the space in between, we have a top 10 list of holiday gifts for the draft lover. So stay tuned for the fray, folks. Boy, and if you've, if you've seen a picture of a Percher on Hitch or you have been to a show or you have uh, just seen online pictures of Percher on Hitches, you've probably seen the Young Living Farms Hitch at some point. Uh, they're just very, f- f- they're photographed a lot and posted everywhere. So I'm looking forward to that chat. But first, it is the holidays. You know what that means. <laughs> That means Lisa shows up with her Christmas gift ideas for the draft horse lovers out there. And what? how many do you have for us? 50, 60? <laughs> well, I probably easily could, but I have our top 10 that I have narrowed down. And I do want to say thanks to our listeners who sent me suggestions, some of the things I'd never heard of. And I, I am going to try them out before I start promoting them. But thank you again to those listeners and that messaged us. It, it was fun to see what everybody else's list was or what they use that they think others in our industries could gain from using. So we're going to just start with our top 10, but we're only going to do about half of it now. We have a big show, like you said, and so we'll, we'll do half of them now. And, and after the show, once we start putting things out on Facebook and on our accounts, we will make sure that you have a detailed listing of all of these because I was so fortunate to some of our, have some of our great vendors give us discounts. So mention horses in the morning to these good folks and you might receive a great bonus. So Yay. are you ready, Glenn? I bet you've lost sleep. You've lost sleep waiting for this. I have. I have. All right. and I, you know, I need some things on my list to because all those <laughs> listeners out there feeling sorry for me because I broke my ribs. You need to buy me one of these gifts. Just saying. All right. Well, by the way, I will not be waiting by the mailbox, Lisa. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to put number nine and 10 together because to me, these are both extremely important for our draft horse industry. And so number nine and 10, if you're looking to buy a gift for a young person, an older person, a friend or an acquaintance, my suggestion for number nine and 10 is to become a team member for the World Clydesdale Show or become a stable mate member for the World Percherine Congress. Now, both of these are a way to invest in our draft horse industry and a way to invest into the Congress or the World Show. If you love the Clydesdale horses, it is an easy way to be a financial sponsor for $300. And I know that's a big sum, but if this is going to a family or to, say, a farrier or somebody that's made an impact this year for your farm. If you become a team member for the Clydesdale show, you're going to get two custom t-shirt or two custom shirts. You're going to get two season passes to get in and out of the show. You're going to get your name listed in all the publications and you're going to have your name on a banner. There's all kinds of great benefits to support the world Clydesdale show. That's in October of next year, but you can become a team member now for $300 and be a part of this great event. And if you are a Pertrin fan, which I know you and Jennifer are big Pertrin fans, you can become a stablemate. And it works the same way, but the stablemate program is just $200. 
And if you support that World Congress for the Purchase, which is coming to the Iowa State Fairgrounds in Des Moines, you're going to receive, once again, two shirts that say that you've proudly supported the Congress. You are going to get um, admission pins. You're going to get recognized in the in the program. You're going to be listed in all of the publications. So number nine and ten, support the draft horse industry by becoming either a stable mate or a team member for the upcoming world shows that are going to happen in October of 2018. So nine and 10 going together. Sounds terrific. And you're going to have some fun doing it. And you're going to have fun and you're going to look good because they're going to give you those special shirts that stand out that say, yep, I supported this show. So that's always a good thing. Um, Number eight, number eight is, is just going to be a general gift that I would say. And when we talk about equine health, Pinwood Equine Products is at the top of everybody's list. They are horse products made by horse people for horse people. You, we had you them all on the show, know in our industry. Recently? Absolutely. Yeah. And they're great supporters of us. Uh, Chad, Rhonda, Jordan, and their families. You can always buy their products in the bag or the bucket. They told me that it started in 1985 with just one product and today they've expanded it to over 15 products for your horses. They're now into the dog um, supplements and dog supported products, but they're telling me that if you call in by the end of the year and you mention that you listen to the horses in the morning, they will do free shipping throughout the year. So I laughed. I said to Jordan, I sure hope somebody doesn't call and order a couple pallets that you have to ship to California. And she said, whatever it takes, we just want our products out there and we want to support horses in the morning. So number eight on my list what's, what's a, is, can you give that again? It's Penwood. Penwood equine products. Yeah. By the way, when and you put that in Google, family. when you put that in Google, don't put Penwood products. Cause you're going to get a, you're going to get a company that sells wooden stuff. So it's, Pen, <laughs> no. it's a different company altogether. So it's Penwood equine products and it's uh uh it's penwoods.com is the website penwoods.com is where you want to go uh so again mention mention our show and they're going to give you free shipping through the end of the year probably continental united states uh i would think but if you're canadian (laughs) you can ask you can always ask exactly so we're going to go to number seven number seven was one that was recommended to me by a multiple amount of our suppliers and our, um, it was, it was just a a top for all of us. It is shipping boots. If you, you, if you move your horse around from show to show or from sales, you need to put those shipping boots on to help protect the legs and the ankles of that, and of your horse. And the best place to buy shipping boots are good friends at ship Shawana harness and supplies. They said that their shipping boots come in a set of four, and you can have them in your farm colors. He said they have every color combination that you can imagine because they've seen it all. They've been asked for orange, purple, green, black, red, whatever it takes. They do custom make them right there in the shop at Shipshawana, Indiana. And our sale price for a set of four, if you mention our Horses in the morning is $75 a set. Last night when I was doing my pre-show notes for four. Yeah, I was doing my pre-show notes. My son laughed. He's like, 75 bucks? I'm going to order some of them. And I said, well, tell him you listen to the show. And and it was just funny because he's like, 
I got to have some of those for 75 bucks. Well, that's pretty they're good. Kind of an that's impulsive a really good price, buy. actually. Yeah, that's a really good price for, for a set of four. Scooter, my hackney pony that I drive, has uh, has little <laughs> red ones with white to, uh, white fluff. So he looks like a Christmas elf when he goes away. <laughs> I was going to say that, or a, or a baby Clydesdale. Yeah, he, he, he does on. look like a Christmas Funny. elf. He's got, you know, because he's like thir- 12 and a half hands on a good day. So, and he's got his little, his little red and white booties on. It's so cute. All right. Well, number six, we'll do number six, and then we'll take a break till later on the show. Number six on my list This is another gift that it's very inexpensive, and you can pass this out to your friends, your family, anybody that's in your neighborhood that helps uh, support you or your farm. It is the Draft Horse Calendar for 2018. It features all the breeds. You can see them farming, pulling, showing, family interaction, high-quality photos. And if you go to the ClydesdaleStoreAndMore.com website, they are on sale this week for $12. So that's a buck a month to showcase the gentle giants in all aspects, showing the versatility. Like I said, there's pulling horses, there's farming horses, beautiful calendar, your draft horse calendar for 2018 on sale for just $12 right now at the Clydesdale store and more.com. So that's, that's number six through 10 on on my list. Uh, Jennifer put that one on my list. I don't have a calendar yet. (laughs) Making a note. I bet you have, the connection. You might get one in the mail. I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there to the universe. The other thing, I was on your store. I will get to your guest, but I just noticed this. I was on your store, and you have the 12 Days of Christmas going on. And uh, this is at I the Clydesdale store and more.com. And uh, one of them was the, is the, do you still have the insulated cups for five bucks? Not very many left. They were going out yesterday. Um, honestly, by the dozen, people were earning 12 and saying, Oh my These God! Are, we're gonna put really our logo nice on the cups, back. and they have the world. Uh, they have uh, the world Clydesdale show. It's, this is really nice for five bucks. Yeah, You're not going to have any maybe... left in about ten minutes. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> there's only a few left. So okay. so go now and and try to get them. But each day we feature something else on this twelve days of Christmas. So it's been fun, and and the post office loves me right now. I I'm bet. like their favorite elf bringing totes <laughs> in every day. All right, let's go to our first guest right after we hear about the Mid-America Draft Horse Sale. The 2018 Mid-America Draft Horse Sale held February 20th to the 23rd has established a well-earned reputation as North America's premier marketplace for Belgians and Percherons. Why? Because it's where records are broken. Current records include the highest selling Percheron mare at 89,000, the highest selling Percheron gelding at 67,000, the highest selling selling Belgian gelding at forty one thousand, and the highest selling Belgian stallion at one hundred and twelve thousand. Which, by the way, stands as the all time highest selling draft horse on the planet ever. Look it up in the Guinness World Book of Records if you don't believe it. $112,000. The average selling price for the entire consignment last year was $9,100. That's the average price. 69 of those sold for ten grand or more. This top shelf event is held at Gordyville USA Auction Center. It's just one mile west of Guilford, Illinois on Highway 136, hence the nickname Gordyville Sale. 2018 will mark 23 years serving the heavy horse industry in high style. Gordyville is a must-see experience and... 
you know what? If you have draft horses in your blood, you got to go to this. Consignments for 2012 sale are now being accepted. They've already got some extremely exciting horses lined up. For more information on the sale and to see the early consignments, follow them on Facebook at Mid-America Draft Horse Sale. Pour over the ads in every issue of the Draft Horse Journal or give Vernon Yoder a call at 217-268-3444. It is a it is a great sale. If you're not even looking to buy a horse, you need to go to Gordyville. It's the experience, and I'm lucky. It's just about 45 minutes south of me. All right, so we're all staying at Lisa's it's a house. Great, that was an invitation. Great place. Yep. Yeah. Come on, come on over. <laughs> all right, let's talk to Tim. Well, our first guest today has been one that. I've gotten the most comments about on our Facebook, people sending me messages and saying how excited they are to hear about Tim's journey. And most of them said, oh, my God, that's that little boy we saw in the show arena. He's now a man with a family of his own. But but at just 32, Dick Sparrow's grandson, Tim, is well on his way to making a name for himself. Just this year, Tim accepted the position of show hitch manager for the Young Living Farms in Mona, Utah. As such, he moved his young family from Minnesota to Utah and grabbed the lines on a new bunch of Pertrin geldings that he has started showing immediately. And let me tell you, they were excess. I had a great opportunity to see Tim in action at the Mona show uh, at the end of September this year, and he's doing a phenomenal job. This young horseman's resume is nearly as impressive as his pedigree that If you go back in history, his grandfather was Mr. Dick Sparrow. His dad, Paul, was on our show, was one of our first guests ever on the podcast in 2016. And his uncle, Jason Goodman, was just our guest last September, was just our guest in September. So Tim comes from a long line of horse family. So good morning, Tim. How are things in Utah? A little chilly this morning. How are you guys? Uh, It's a little chilly in Illinois, but I'm, I'm thinking that... Glenn's got it good down in, in South Florida. <laughs> so yeah. Tim, I, I give you a, I give you a big lead in and, and I just have to start with saying, you know, I've known you since you were little, little one walking around the fairgrounds and, and to see you finally at a job where you have taken the lines and taking control and doing so well, we're all very, very proud of you, but we're going to go back to the beginning and I want you to tell me from your perspective, what was it like growing up in one of the draft horse industry's most famous families? Uh, it was it was a lot of fun. Um, you know, I got a lot of experiences at a young age. I uh, I think the first time I drove a six horse hitch was uh, I think I was six years old. Uh, I remember we were in Colorado and going to do a parade, and my dad gave me the lines and. Uh, Ever since then, I've been addicted to driving. Did you say and, six? Uh, but I, I have you, six years old, Glenn. Yeah, the reins weighed twice what you did. Oh, I was kind of a chunky fellow. <laughs> I probably weighed a little bit more than the reins. <laughs> well, I think you said you go back and say you, that your dad handed you the lines, but you, then you also said you were in Colorado. So you, it was probably a family event that you were out at. And Dick's. Sparrow being your grandfather, that that I'm sure as you were growing up, you don't see the impact then as you do now looking back to what opportunities you had. But in addition to your family, there were a lot of mentors along the way. And I know when we were lining up the questions for you, we wondered, did, did any of your mentors stand out in your mind that, that really helped you focus on the draft horse industry, whether they were younger or older? Tell us 
us about some of your mentors growing up. Well, first I have to start with my grandpa, you know, um, he was very famous, you know, for, for driving the 40 and, and he, then he, um, traveled with the Coors Hitch for many years doing exhibitions and parades around the country. Um, but you know, my, some of my most, the fondest memories I have of him were getting off the school bus and, uh, going and driving horses with him on the manure spreader and, uh, you know, at a young age and help having him help me, you know, it's just a team of horses, but, uh, you know, driving straight and a lot of the fundamentals about not just driving horses, but horsemanship in general and, and just getting to spend time with him. And then, you know, into my father, you know, I learned a lot from him and he obviously gave me a lot of opportunities that, you know, it started at six and, and as the years went on, getting more and more opportunities uh was was special you know and uh from driving uh car horse all the way to the 40 horse hitch myself and uh you know that then i would have to say my brothers uh i was the youngest i had two older brothers jamie sparrow and mark sparrow um you know they were good influences on me good role models and uh you know and then evolving into you know when i graduated high school I went and worked for um, Brad and Clint Schreiber, um, which are almost, uh, you know, like a, two more brothers to me now. Uh, I've known them since I was, oh, as long as I can remember. And, uh, you know, it was a lot of fun working for them for the summer, showing horses. And uh, I learned a lot about, you know, not just about horses, but they, they were dairy farmers. And I got to milk a lot of cattle. And I learned that uh, after a couple of days of milking cows, I wanted to go back to a horse show. But uh, <laughs> um, then, then I moved on to uh, Ames Pertron Farm uh, under the tutor, tutorship of Jim Westbrook and then Travis Shaw, where, you know, I learned a lot. And, um, you know, I, I could go on and on. Uh, I've been very, very fortunate to have a lot of good influences on my life as far as not, not just horses, but life in general. And uh, I guess uh, I would absolutely. And I, w- I would be remiss not to mention my uh, my mom as well. You know, she's kind of you know, behind the scenes, but uh, very supportive and uh, very hardworking individual that uh, I try to emulate. That. Well, I have to I have to smile because when you're talking about a reason that that you did mention your mom. I remember, Tim, and and you know, I probably have some stories that we're not going to talk about, but I remember Mm -hmm. you as a young child, (laughs) we would argue who would ride with you in the junior showmanship class, in the junior cart, because you would get so nervous, and you you were quite funny, where we all got to the point where we didn't want to ride with you, because your nerves kind of overtook us. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I I would get a little worked up, but uh, uh, luckily now... (laughs) You've matured. Uh, to, yes, you've matured. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, you you touched on, on the 40 horse hitch. And I know that, again, you grew up showcasing the 40 with your family and going to the circus parades. And what was your role as, as a, a young boy with that 40 horse hitch? And, and do you have a certain memory that stands out with the 40 horse hitch? Um, you know, I, I, um, uh, my main job, like as far as like getting the horses, even even at a young age, um, w- hooking the horses um, at the farm, 
uh, Sparrow Farms, there the horses were kind of, you know, here, there, and everywhere. They didn't stand next to their, where they were driving the hitch per se. They, you know, they, they, um, they needed to stand where they got along the best with the other horses in the barn. And, um, so my job was to go and find all the horses, um, and get people, you know, there was people that would leave the horses from the barn, water them, comb their manes and brush them and, and take them and, and they get led through the harness shed and then out to be hooked. And my job was to, um, get, you know, I had a list of how the hitches, how the horses were hooked and, you know, we sent them in a certain order. So they got the right harness and everything. And I had, I was able to memorize the horses very well. And, uh, you know, it was my job was to get the horses out of the barn into the harness shed. And, uh, as far as, and so, you know, there was a lot of, there's a lot of memories of the 40, but go ahead, Lisa. Well, I was just going to say, you've, you've got to have some stories on there because I know, again, from growing up, knowing, knowing you, you have a mind for pedigrees and horses and you're kind of one of those fellows that's like an encyclopedia of horses. We could tell you a horse and you could tell us what the pedigree, the dam, the sire going back. And I know Glenn is probably thinking this in his head. You have 40 horses that are Belgians. They're, they're all sorrow. They all look alike. How did you know when they said, Hey, go get Jake or go get Bob. How did you know which horse was what? Well, I mean, I, I guess I never really had to think about a lot. A lot, you know, we, there's different, you know, some horses are colored exactly the same. They don't have any markings, but they each, you know, have their own characteristics as far as maybe their head or their, their, their legs or their, their body type. And I, I just, once I got to know the horse, it just stuck in my mind. And I mean, I'm I lucky, I'd, I guess they have a good memory that way. And, uh, so you know, there wasn't any, did you I ever know, bring just, the wrong horse? In it? Oh, once in a while it happened. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I'll admit it, but, uh, yeah, it, it happened once in a while, but I, I really, there, most time it was new horses. You know, we'd, uh, we had majority, like, you know, over half of the hitch was Sparrow farm zone. And, but we also leased some horses from friends and, um, you know, there was new horses coming in and out of, of, of those groups. So, you know, when there was a new horse, sometimes, you know, once you, you know, first couple of times, maybe you, uh, you know, I like get, get them mixed up, but tried not to, because even at a young age, you know, I, you know, I get harassed a little bit from the other crew if I did. <laughs> I, I totally understand. I've, I've seen them. I'm harassing you a little bit. So we're going to talk about you grew up with the Belgians and you talked about how it kind of progressed from your family to some outside jobs. But your first big work experience was with Pertrans and you were with the Ames Pertrans for many years. And now you've moved to the Young Living Pertrans where you've taken the lines. Do you have a passion now for the Pertrans? Are you still a diehard Belgian? Uh, you know, are you, is your heart still with the Belgians or what do you feel is right now the focus that you're on? Well, I, um, honestly, I, I enjoy both a lot, but I would have to say I am still a, a Belgian man at heart. Um, but it's hard to say I don't like the Pertrons when I've made a living working with them for the last 13 years. Um, uh, you know, they're, they're, there's some differences between them uh, a little bit, you know, Belgians are probably a little bit harder headed, a little more stubborn. It takes a little bit more as you're breaking them, you're training them to get to them. 
to to get them to understand what you're you're looking for on a consistent basis. Uh, the Pertrons, you know, in, growing up, you know, people would say that, and I'd be like, oh, really? You know, really, there there really can't be. But uh, you know, then when I went to work at Ames uh, or uh, even with Shrivers, you know, you, you do notice that just it just seems like they catch on a little quicker with Pertrons. Um, I'm not saying the Belgians aren't very intelligent. They just a little more stubborn. Um, but I still, you know, someday, um, when, when the time comes, you know, and I like to have my own horses and, and race and race, race horses, it would be primarily Belgians, but I would have to say, I wouldn't, uh, if I saw a good Pertron and had a good, good an opportunity to buy a good, I wouldn't say I would pass it up. So. Sure. Well, well, let's talk real quick about your journey from once you left the Ames farm, you accepted the job at Young Living. You, ha- I think you were the judge at the at the Missouri State Fair, and then you went right in September first to Young Living, and their show was the last weekend of September. How was that transaction so fast? Not only were you new, but a new group of horses came in. The Young Living had always had Pertrin mares, and they purchased the Pertrin gelding. So you came in with less than four weeks to go into your first major show. How, and, and I remember announcing the show and I said to those around me, I said, nobody is carrying the weight of this world on their shoulders. Like Tim, this is his debut. This is what he's worked for. And I was just so proud of you when you came out that first six horse hitch and you were at the top and it, it was awesome. But in your mind, that had to be a very nerve wracking month. You, it, it was, um, but, but I tried not to focus on, you know, meeting expectations because the group of geldings that we purchased were, you know, in, um, the 2015, 2016 show season were the classic series finals champions. Um, so they're very talented mm-hmm. group of horses and good group of horses. Um, I tried not to, the biggest thing I tried not to do was, was put the pressure on myself just thought to myself, we do our work. Um, me and my crew, um, we put the time in the drive them and stuff. Uh, we, we will get, you know, they'll perform. Um, so I try not to focus on that to just try to do, to get them, get them in shape. Cause they hadn't, they weren't, you know, when, when they came here, they hadn't, um, you know, they hadn't been trained, been in training for quite some time. So we had to get first half had to get them in shape and get them driving, um, consistent and steady. And, uh, and you know, it, it, I, like I said, I try not to think about that because so, so, so not to put that pressure on myself, but, uh, you know, after the, the first six, when we, we got second, um, I was very happy with, you know, for the most part, we had a, we actually had another horse in there that, um, we had just gotten two weeks before, uh, we got seven and then we, we purchased another one, uh, just two weeks before the show. And, um, you know, I had been around the horse, had shot the horse before, so I knew the horse a little bit, but, uh, you know, we had him in there and they, they all did, did a good job and they, um, you know, they really didn't disappoint. So, um, that was the biggest thing, you know, it, it was very gratifying. It was, um, to, to see our, our efforts pay off. But, uh, like I said, I try not to put too much pressure on, on myself or anybody and just let's, let's just do our work and the rest will take care of itself. 
Oh, it, it was phenomenal. And the, and the whole Young Living show, I know we talked about it when Jason was our guest. Um, that whole Young Living, the farm, the show, it really needs to be on everybody's bucket list. And beautiful facility that you have to work the horses and train the horses. But we're going to talk about your family. I know your wife, Brittany, and you made the move from from Minnesota out to Utah. That that had to be a big adjustment because you left your families and moved out there. And now you're raising your young family. And I know that your kids love the horses. I mean, your son, Rylan, and, and your cute daughter, Miss B, she's just, they're adorable. Tell us, are you hoping that those kids follow in your footsteps and, and continue to stay in the horse world? Yeah. Um, it's, it was, it was a challenge. Yeah. It's, um, to move out from, from Minnesota and Utah was, it was nerve wracking, you know, um, I never, especially with the two young, with two young kids and luckily I have a very, uh, loving and supportive wife, um, who really enjoys showing horses and, and the horses too. Um, so she grew up doing it as well. And, you know, it, it was, you know, like you mentioned, I was judging the Missouri state fair. I left Minnesota, went to Missouri, judged the Missouri state fair and left from Missouri state fair and, uh, met with, met up with my wife in Cheyenne, Wyoming. Um, and we finished driving out here. Uh, it was, but it was definitely nerve wracking and tough to, you know, you never know what's going to happen. Um, the hard thing was leaving our families. We we're uh, within a day's drive of, of pretty much all of our family, um, including a lot of extended family. Uh, so now we're, we're 12, 1300 miles away, 20, mi- 20 hour drive. You know, it, it was an adjustment, but you know, it's been a good adjustment. You know, I, I was so busy at work. I didn't have time to think about it. And I just, just having my wife and kids here, um, and, and them coming to the farm and, you know, getting right on the wagon with me and go drive some horses is, is great. And as far as, um, my children, you know, I just, we just really, both Brittany and I just really want them to give them experience and with the, come to the farm, do things with the horses. Cause that's how we pretty and I grew up doing it. Um, and that'll help, you know, that'll keep, keep them engaged in it, but not really put any pressure, you know, or, or have any expectations of what they want to do, uh, you know, in the future, you know, just let them, if they enjoy it and want to do it and then, uh, that's great. Um, but they are, the kids really do love the horses. Uh, my, my son loves the horses, but he, he, Brian would probably be a lot more into, uh, you know, the tractors, the dump truck, the <laughs> telehandler. I mean, he loves the equipment where my, my daughter, she sees a horse, uh, even, you know, these big horses are, you know, they're 2000 pounds and, and some of these guys are 19 hands. She, she just wants to go up and pet them and, and give them a hug. And she just loves them. Uh, and she's only 17 months old. So. You know, it's, it's, well, that it's hard to, it, it is a great, well, I'm just going to say it is a great way to see that she's going to follow in your footstep. And we know that all of our lives that are touched by the horses, it, it's a great thing and a great industry to raise, raise our kids in and, and getting back to young living. I know you probably have some goals that you've set for the future, but tell me, are we going to see the young living Pertrans at that upcoming world Pertrin Congress next October? Yeah, yes, yes, we will. We 
we plan on attending the World Parks on Congress. And also, um, you know, next year is going to be a big year. We'd like to, we've already got started on the points for the, we'd like to make the Classic Series finals, um, which mm-hmm. more likely will be held in, in Oklahoma in the middle of September. And then we'll have our show here in Mona um, again at the end of September. And then we have the World Perch on Congress. So it's going to be a big year for us. Um, and we're really excited to, you know, to get out to the, our shows here in January, Loveland and Denver and, you know, continue to hopefully build upon uh, the thing, the successes we had this fall. And, you know, wow. working here at Young Living has been, go ahead, Lisa. Well, I was just going to say, you do have a full schedule coming up. You're going to be at the Loveland show. You're going to be at Denver at the National Western Stock Show. And if people want to follow along and watch the Young Living Hitch, um, they can follow you on Facebook or they can get a hold of you at tsparrow at youngliving.com. And I just want to say thanks for being a great guest. We're kind of wrapping things up today, but thanks for being a great guest. And and we talked to you. We've talked to Jason and you both have the same uh, respect for Mr. Gary Young for promoting these Pertrans and bringing them to all of us. The Young Living products are awesome, and the Pertrans are just a great bonus. And having such a great family involved with promoting them, it, it's a good fit. Yes, thank you for having me. And I, yeah, I would like to thank um, Gary and Mary Young for this this opportunity that I have and uh, getting to work for Young Living. Um, and also, well, like to thank everybody that having me on the show and, and also, but most especially my wife, all the Brittany Sparrow for all the work and stuff she does behind the scenes with the kids and, and all the support she gives me. Well, I'd say she deserves an award for living in a hotel room with you and two kids until your house was ready. So she deserves a blue ribbon on that. That had to be a heart. That had to yeah. be a nerve wracking experience. <laughs> and, and just one yeah, final it, question. It and you know, my producer, you know, my producer, Lynn Talene, he, he has a question for you that he, he's he's had this question for years. And he said, uh, when Tim was three years old, they were at an Iowa Draft Horse Association picnic. And Tim, you urinated on Greg Sassman's leg. He wants to go on public record and know what were you thinking? <laughs> I, I, well, I'll tell you what I told Lynn. I, I was looking for him, but I couldn't find him. So. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> That's the right answer right there. What, what a great way to wrap up. So thanks so much, Tim. Uh, enjoy your beautiful chilly day out in Utah. And uh, so nice visiting with you. And we will see you at those Colorado shows. It sounds good. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Tim. That's funny. <laughs> Do you remember anything you <laughs> did at three? He's such a good guy. <laughs> Do you remember anything you did at well, three? Well, I think if I would have done something to Greg Sassman, I would have been intimidated and I would remember it. <laughs> Let's hear about Ship Shawana, and then we're going to come back with a few more of your list of the 10 items for the holidays for draft horse lovers to give as gifts or just buy for yourself. Either one. Shipshawana Harness and Supplies in the heart of draft horse country in Shipshawana, Indiana, is your source for everything draft horse. Their large inventory of in-house crafted harness, halters, and show bridles, showtime blankets, sweats, wagons, and carts, horse care products, and even shoeing supplies will fill the needs of the heavy horse hobbyist, the horse farmer, the heavy horse exhibitor, and the horse pulling competitor. 
You can find them online at shipshawanaharness.com as well as on Facebook at Shipshawana Harness. Or you can give them a call at 260-768-7254. Just ask for Bob. Shipshawana Harness and Supplies, your source for everything draft horse. Well, now we're going to continue with this. The next, what do we got? Five more to do? Our top five. We're up to the the top five. Number five, anybody that knows me knows that this will be at the top of my list, and it's something everybody needs. It's Twisted X Shoes, and I know... This is supposed to be horse items, but when you're working in the barn and you're working with the horses, you need to be comfortable, and there is nothing more comfortable than the Twisted X shoes. You know, I've never, worn, I've never have, worn a pair, so I can't comment on this one. Oh, my gosh. Twisted X. And, and I laugh because, like I said, people that know me know I have a lot of them. I think between... Austin, myself, and Wayne, we have over 50 pair. Whoa! So, we we kind of have an addiction to the... Is there a problem X, there, Lisa? But, Do we need a 12-step program? Yeah. What? <laughs> but our good friends at Reinhold Tack and Western Wear, located in Indiana, have a great selection. In addition to all the latest Western fashion for cowboys and cowgirls, you can find them on Facebook. And again, Logan Reinhold, he is great for helping to promote. He works with Shipshawana Harness. So all of those Facebook posts where people are being reminded to listen to our show, Logan is responsible for for creating those. And again, he owns the Reinhold Tack and Western Wear. And he says, find them on Facebook, message them in any order that you place and mention horses in the morning, he's going to give you 10% off your order up through Christmas. So order your Twisted X, go see his sizes, his selection, and post back on Facebook and let us know what you think of them. Because for those of you who've never tried Twisted X, you are missing it. They they are awesome. And to re- recap, we're going to and have the list on, you're going to send a list over with the links and we'll put it on our Facebook page by the end of the day. Is that the plan? We, we sure will. And the then morning? I'll post okay. it on our Facebook Mm-hmm. Okay. Absolutely. Um, number four is an item from Miller Farrier Supplies. And Marvin Miller, he's located in the Arcola Arthur area here in Illinois in the heart of the Amish. But he has an item that I actually purchased last year at the Gordyville sale for Austin for his birthday. And it has become a favorite on our farm. It is the feed cart. For years and years, we just had buckets or, or big garbage cans full of the feed that we would disperse it out of. But this feed cart is is absolutely a, a major plus in our barn. Uh, you fill it with your feed. It has a mineral tray on the outside where you can put your bottles of, of liquid, like your red cell or anything. They fit on the outside. It has a tray on the inside. It seals. It has a gas cylinder lid that closes really tight so you don't have that issue with bugs or, or mice or anything getting hmm. into your feed. Um, it comes in three sizes. It will hold 200 pounds of feed, 300 pounds of feed, or 500 pounds of feed. I tell you, I had Austin's name put on his, so it's a little more personal because it was a gift. Um, they start at $380 and they go up to $530. The thing is, because they don't have a big supply on hand, he says, Marvin says, if you order and pay now, you can pick them up at Gordyville or if 
you're local, you can pick them up from his shop in the Arcola Arthur area. And he says, if you mention horses in the morning, he's going to give you $20 off your purchase. If you want one shipped, he'll make pre-arrangements to do that as well. But yeah, number four be, on my list. can't be easy I to, or cheap to ship, probably. Uh, right. Yeah. But I, I, I wouldn't get rid of mine for anything. So number four on my list is Miller's Farrier Supplies with the feed cart. Miller and is Moving it Miller's? Number three. Let me look up the address there. Do you do you know it? Well, he's Amish. He's oh, Amish, okay. and he does not have. Got so it. all I have is a phone number that okay. we can list. The phone number is, you know, I'll put that on our site. But a testimony: I know several people that have them and, and absolutely okay. love them. Wayne takes his uh, on the semi. It rolls up the semi ramp at the shows. It's easy to feed out of it. It helps save on space in your semi when you're when you're packing your feed as well. Cool. Number four. On, or I'm sorry, number three on my list is the gift that gives back. Number three is the Drive for the Cure collection. It is on the World Pertrin store online. It's the WPC store and more.com. Drive for the Cure collection honors the class that is Drive for the Cure at the Pertrin Congress. All the proceeds, 100% of the, pro- of the profits goes to breast cancer research. So whether you want a sweatshirt, a hoodie, or a t-shirt, it has a beautiful logo on the front, a logo on the back, and drive for the cure down the sleeve. So the sweatshirts, the t-shirts, the hoodies, it really is the gift that gives back. So if you, it starts at $15 for the items, but 100% of profits going to breast cancer research. Of all the classes I've ever done at shows, this ranks at, at the top of my list for just a spectacular class. The Drive for the Cure class, sponsored by the Brown family from Illinois. Everyone will come in decorated in pink. They will or can have cancer survivors riding with them. They can drive in memory of a, of a person that has lost the battle with cancer. It is a tremendous class, and we can help sponsor Drive for the Cure. I believe their goal is $10,000 to donate to breast cancer research. So by buying these t-shirts, sweatshirts, you're helping to fund a great, great cause. So number three on my list, Drive for the Cure Collection, and that is at WPCStoreandMore.com. And the logo number on those two. is really nice. They really did a good job with that logo on the shirt. It is. It's, yeah. it's awesome. Number two on my list is something that, has been created by Shipshawana Harness. And, and again, they are super supportive of our horses in the morning, the heavy horses. Number two on my list is the Electro Groom vacuum cover. Now, last year, I had the Electro Groom vacuum as one of my top 10. If you bought the vacuum last year, you need to get the cover this year. It is custom made at the shop there in Indiana. It's more, more than a cover, it's an organizer. A lot of times, if you pull your vacuum out, you have to go find the brush, find a comb, find the hose. I have had so many people comment to me about this and say, you know, we used to unload the semi and we'd go to vacuum a horse and we'd remember the hose was in the belly box and have to go back and get it. With the Electro Groom vacuum cover, you keep everything together. There's a spot for your brushes, a spot for your combs, a spot for your hose. You can get it in your farm colors. They are normally $115, and now until Christmas, if you mention horses in the morning, they will sell it to you for $100. So they're giving you $15 off. It is a tremendous gift, and that is, again, the good folks at Shipshawana Harness and Supplies. Talk to Bob, mention horses in the morning for a $100 vacuum cover. 
Awesome gift. Awesome. Okay. Very good. Two more. And no, no one more. One more. Yay. This is the top My one. My number. <laughs> are, are you in suspense? I am. But there is no way we could do this show. There is no way that most of us would survive the long, cold winters without the draft horse journal. So the number one gift for the horse lover on my list is a subscription to the draft horse journal. There's nothing like it. It has served our industry since 1964. The new issue, the winter 2017 issue is in the mail this week. It is the holiday and stallion issue. And, and Glenn, we spend more for a meal than it, it would cost for you to subscribe for an entire year for the draft horse journal it's just 35 dollars a year if you want to go ahead and, and subscribe for two years so you don't have to worry about it it's 62 dollars. but i'm telling you it truly is the bible of our draft horse industry you can see sale results articles pictures items for sale um obituaries to follow through um the last ride some great contributors you know kenny Sando writes about legal issues. Bruce Roy writes about what's new in happening in our industry, what's current events in the industry. And of course, Lynn Tallin is he's carrying on a family tradition with the Draft Horse Journal. It's it's been a part of all of our life since 1964. I know since I mentioned it's going in the mail this week, my son will be at the mailbox starting Monday to make sure he gets it before I do. But Give it as a gift. If you sell a horse and they're kind of new in our industry, give them a gift subscription to the Draft Horse Journal. Whatever it takes, stay a part of it. It It is such such a great part of our community. It tells you upcoming events. It tells you sale results, show results. I, I can't say anymore. It's number one on my list. It is a subscription to the Draft Horse Journal. And of course, we wouldn't be doing this show without the help of Lynn and everybody at the Draft Horse Journal who puts all of this together for us every month, and they do a terrific job. It's one of the most organized shows we do every month, and that includes all the ones that I put together because Lynn's much more organized than me. So <laughs> thank you, Lynn, for, for everything you do to make this episode happen every month as well and for a good 2017. Well, to, speaking of 2017, that means 2018 is coming very shortly, and once again... Uh, in America, we are hosting the greatest of events for the world's most popular draft horse. The World Part Draw Congress is returning to Iowa October 8th through the 13th, 2018, at the historic Iowa State Fairgrounds. The World Part Draw Congress celebrates and honors the great breed's history, versatility, power, and intelligence. It will be a worldwide celebration with breed ambassadors coming from Colombia, South America, Australia, Great Britain, Italy, Germany, as well as the breed's homeland of France. Hundreds of Percheron horses from all over North America will compete in farm classes, confirmation classes, hitch classes, riding classes, youth competitions, horse pools, and even barrel racing. Vendors from <clears throat> harness shops to artists and everything in between will have something for everyone. You're going to be able to spend lots of money at that show. Don't miss your opportunity to experience <laughs> the Percheron horse like never before in the state-of-the-art Jacobson Center. The Percheron Horse Association of America invites you and your family to come be part of the largest gathering of Percheron draft horses anywhere, anytime. anytime. <clears throat> Excuse me. 
Expect to have a great time, be impressed, and even awed, and count on making memories that will last a lifetime. I know I have memories, and we've talked about them many times from the last World Pertron Congress up there in Massachusetts. For more details and to buy your World Pertron Congress wear, visit the website at worldpertroncongress.us on Facebook or World Pertron Congress, or visit Lisa at the Clydesdale store and more. And actually, there's a new website set up for that, and it's uh, WPC for World Pertron Congress, WPC storeandmore.com and they have lots of cool stuff on there for the World Pertron Congress coming up so I can't wait that's going to be a lot of fun and we're all looking forward to the World Pertron Congress next year but now we're going to shift gears a little bit and we're going to talk about something that's not showing and actually what our horses were meant to do in the first place we are we're going to talk to Mr. Tim Carroll about the versatility of the draft horses Tim is uh, a Resident of Minnesota, kind of went Tim squared this this episode. We have two Tims, and and they both are Minnesota bound. But we are going to talk with Mr. Tim Carroll. He has a very interesting start to his love for the draft horses. After working at a treatment facility for juveniles for over fifteen years, Tim never planned on having a career logging with horses. But you know, along come a woman. He married Doreen, who had three riding horses. He got the bug to be in the draft horse industry and soon began using them to plow his driveway and to do other work around the property. Down the road from his home in Minnesota, Tim noticed a neighbor had hired a machine logger. Tim was not impressed at all with the aftermath and he decided right then and there he would use his horses to help clean up the mess. Before he finished, he had three other jobs lined up and from that Cedar Ridge horse logging and wood products became a business. So since 1992, Tim has been using draft horses for sustainable forest management. So, good morning, Tim. Good morning. How are you today? I'm good. I'm going to assume that it's a little chilly in Minnesota this morning as well. Yeah, just I just looked at the temperature. It's ten above. Oh well, at least it's above right now. Yeah. I, I I think I'm in the heat wave. Then at thirty, so I better not complain. <laughs> but Tim, I. I've seen pictures following you on Facebook and, and you truly take horsepower to a new height. You, you you use those horses. And as Glenn said, this is what our draft horses started. They were the tractors. They were the horsepower of the whole evolution. And so for you to go back and use them now to actually make a living doing what they're meant to be is an exciting opportunity. So tell us about your current logging operation. How did it come to be for the Cedar River Horse Logging Company? Well, I um, I had some forestry background in college. I um, uh, quite a bit of forestry background, and um, <clears throat> when I got out of college, I, that that area was difficult to get into, um, and um, I ended up going into the counseling business for for many years. Um, but I've always been attracted to the woods and, um, uh, and, uh, I found, uh, my interest in draft horses, uh, was always, I, I was always fascinated by them because you could do something with them. You could, you could accomplish things and that, that just, and not have to turn a key or, you know, uh, it, it just, it, it interested me. So we bought our first team and, and, um, I, uh, 
I did about everything I could think of. And when I found a, a mechanical logging system coming up the river and tearing up the, the woods, I, I I thought, well, first of all, I, I wasn't really thinking about the logging end of it. I just was going to go down and get some firewood. But there was so much good material that, that I thought, well, maybe I could sell it to a mill. And, um, mm-hmm. and it turned out pretty good just doing that on weekends. But what really kind of got my attention that maybe this is something I ought to pay, uh, get in, get involved in is I do it on weekends and, and I'd pull logs out to, uh, <clears throat> beside the highway. And every weekend I'd get more cars watching people would stop and, and, uh, and, and watch me work. And, and it got to the point where there'd be 15 cars parked on the side of the road watching me. And, um, so I thought, well, maybe the public's interested in this too. So, um, like I say, it just, it got to the point where, uh, um, I got a contract and, and did one job and one went to three and two years later, it turned into about 20 contracts. And I was, I, I didn't know how to say no. Right. And so by then you've left the, um, your full-time job then by you'd built enough business that you you could leave the counseling business correct yeah i uh yeah i i decided that's really what i wanted to do was was uh, work with the draft horses and and uh, so uh, i uh, quit my full my my counseling job and and started this uh um <clears throat> full time okay and and you're located in lyle minnesota now Tell us where Lyle, what, what big city are you by or, or what part of Minnesota are you in? Well, uh, we're in Southern Minnesota, um, um, fairly close to the Iowa border. Um, where, uh, I, I guess the biggest city around us would be Austin. Um, Albert Lee, Minnesota is about 20 miles west of us. And that's where, uh, um, Highway or uh, Interstate 35 and 90 uh, intersect. So you are are kind of in horse country. You're not far from Waverly Sale Barn, and and maybe you even purchased some horses from the Waverly Sale. Uh, we've been going to Waverly for 25 years. Uh, I think in 25 years we've probably missed about four sales. Um, that it, it, you know we don't. We're and at a point now we don't need to buy anything but we go down there to socialize we know a lot of people and it's our vacation in the spring and in the fall right and and as i said i follow you on facebook and i can see a, a lot of things that you're doing and one thing that i have to give you kudos for is you are not one to say all our horses have to match you're looking for a team of horses that will go in and work together so oftentimes you you're driving different breeds together or you're driving a gray pertrin and a black pertrin and throwing in a Belgian. Is there a favorite breed of horse that, that you like, or is it about the workhorse power? Well, when I'm looking for horses, um, my, my rule of thumb is, uh, first and foremost is what's going on between their ears. I, I want a horse that's intelligent and, it just kind of has has it together and and um and then the second thing is is feet um and they they have to have pretty good feet on them um and then we kind of break them down from there but 
Um, you're right. I, I, I'm not so fussy about breeds as much as I am about how they operate and, uh, personality and, and, uh, how soundly they're put together. But I, I do kind of have a favorite and, uh, but, but it depends on what I'm doing with them too. But my favorite tends to be Pertrons. <clears throat> um, I found that, that, uh, and now, uh, you know, there's exceptions to this. If I had 10 Pertrons, seven of the 10 would fit into this category. And they tend to be more agile and, and be able to maneuver uh, and keep their feet under them a little better uh, than some of the other breeds. Um, <clears throat> and um, on flat ground, it really doesn't make any difference. If I'm working on flat ground in the woods, um, it, it, it doesn't matter what breed I have, but when I get into the hills, um, <clears throat> my Pertrons are like billy goats. I mean, they are incredible when it comes to maneuvering. <laughs> They'll climb. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, the Belgians, um, when it comes to pulling that, there's no difference. I mean, they, they all pull well and they do well and so forth, but you get in the hills, it just seems to be that the, the, the Belgians are a little more clumsy and have a harder time keeping their feet under them. Now, that again comes back to if I had 10 Belgians, seven of the 10 would probably be a little more clumsy than the Pertrons, but three of them probably probably keep right up to them. So it's not a matter of uh, uh, all, all of one breed is good or bad in, in an area. It just means that as a, I tend to look at the tendencies and the Pertrons, I've really had good luck with. Um, I would have, I would have guessed the Belgians. To, if you, if you had, if that was a checklist and a and multiple choice, I would have guessed the Belgians. To be honest on that one, but so that's a little surprising to me. How about size? Are you looking for smaller? Are you looking for the sixteen to seventeen hand range, or are you looking for bigger? Or that doesn't matter. Well, height, height doesn't isn't quite so important but masses and what i mean is uh um <clears throat> i work in a lot of the uh, bigger timbers and so i want a heavy horse um if uh, the older i get the more i don't like to throw harnesses on a 18 hand horse right but uh, what I do want is, uh, you know, a horse that's uh, 2,000 pounds or close to it um, and, and has some weight to it because uh, uh, when it comes to pulling the heavier logs, uh, the, their body mass uh, makes a difference. So tell me about the season. Is there a certain season that you... Does it start in the spring and end in the fall or winter? I can't imagine today you said it's 10 degrees above. Would you go out and be harvesting the trees today or, or do you get to a point where it's too cold or, or it's, what, what is your season? Well, actually last night I did got home at nine o'clock last night. I was north of the cities logging for three days up there. Um, but, uh, Actually, uh, yeah, my, most of my season is in the winter. Um, that that's the best best time to harvest. You do less damage to the ground. Um, the the horses are more comfortable. Uh, the exception to that is when it gets down. We've logged a lot in twenty below, but when it gets to thirty, I I, I don't do that anymore. Um, 
How now, how do you function at twenty below? Well, <laughs> uh, you produce heat when you work, <laughs> so you just work hard. <laughs> um, but with the horses, the horses do really well. Um, you know, there's a few little things. I usually warm up the bits and stuff before I put them in their mouth in the morning. And um, we run logging camps, um, and and uh, we have crews in the wintertime. And, and um, <clears throat> so, you know, it just takes a little bit to get things going. But once you get going, the biggest thing is at the end of the day, or if you're stopping for any length of time, um, we put blankets on them immediately. Um, mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, if they're wet from sweat or whatever, then, you know, the blankets, uh, we leave the blankets on overnight uh, till they're dry. They dry off overnight. And you brush them out and the hair comes back and, and they're ready to go again. So it, well, it that's works a, out That's a diehard team. <laughs> I yeah. worry about my face freezing or my, I mean, I just, I just can't fathom that, but I, I know that, that you are dedicated to helping to preserve the land and, and doing what's best for the land. And, and I also hear that you have a new adventure that you're uh, going to start doing on your off season. Tell us a little about, about a little bit about your new adventure and what inspired you to start it. Well, yeah, <clears throat> um, we, um, the last few years I've slowed down a lot in the summer with the logging and we were getting into produce and uh, large gardening, using horses and stuff. And, and, um, but I kind of gotten out of the woods. Um, it's just too hot in the summer. And, uh, <clears throat> a fellow that I, uh, who was a friend of mine, um, owned a carriage service up in Duluth, um, in canal park. And, and, uh, he used to work for us in the wintertime in our logging camps and, and, uh, and then in the summer, he had his carriage service, and um, he's getting retirement age, and he offered me um, a carriage business up there. So the summer, I went up and, and uh, worked with it, and, and uh, we are in the process of purchasing that now, and, and uh, I just fell in love with it. <clears throat> I just absolutely fell in love with it. Uh, it is so nice to work with people who are happy. You know, you get families that are on vacation and weddings, and and it's a, just a positive uh, environment. Um, and I'm still working with the draft horses. Uh, um, <clears throat> about a year or so ago, uh, when I was backing off from from working in the summer, I I talked to my wife Doreen about <clears throat> you know shifting businesses and maybe starting to. I'm, I'm wearing out. I've been doing, doing the logging for 25 years. And, and, uh, so I, I was talking about maybe looking at some other alternatives and she said, well, whatever you do, uh, make sure the horses are involved. So yeah, right. that's what I did. Well, and, and again, I think there's a very small group that make a lot of noise that the carriage horses aren't treated well and, and blah, blah, blah. But if you have a passion for the draft horses and you're going to go through the motions of, of harnessing and getting them ready every day to, as you said, bring smiles to families as they get rides. Our carriage horses are, are treated some of the best in the industry. And I know that just from hearing you and, and watching you again on Facebook, you have a passion for it. And being able to bring the draft horses to the public, whether it's in a carriage ride or when they drive by and see you logging, 
you are making Im- an impact and you're you're keeping the the horses in a good image fresh in the public's mind. So we we thank you for that. But I want to know if anyone is thinking about logging and horse logging, what is the future for horse logging? We've talked to a few other loggers on our show and they feel that it is a dying art, that there's not a lot of people that are going to be carrying it on. How do you feel is the future for the horse logging in America? Well, it is. When I started, when I started horse logging, there was 18 horse loggers in the state of Minnesota. And and I think there's one other person that does it full time now besides me in Minnesota. Um, we've, we've lost the people and we are losing, uh, the knowledge. Um, I was very blessed to, uh, when I started, I decided that I was going to find the best loggers in the country. And, and I did, and I worked out in Idaho and, in Virginia, and I went all over the country and learned from the best, and, and uh, some of the best teamsters I've ever found are right here in the Midwest. Um, but uh, you know, now it's my responsibility to pass that on, and and um, I teach horse logging and direct show felling and and stuff, and have for many years, and and um, <clears throat> there are there are some outstanding horse loggers in the country um but they're they're spread out and um i'm trying to set up a camp in northern wisconsin right now and i'm having a heck of a time finding really good horse loggers um and it's not even that i just finding somebody to work you know horse logging is very hard work and and that's part of the problem is just finding people that want to work um but it is it is a tough tough deal. The problem is is the in is the the, the uh, opportunity is huge. Um, mm-hmm. You know you can't operate like a like a uh, mechanical system. You have to do things a little differently in how you charge and stuff. We're, we're, I would compare us more to a tree service than a, a mechanical logging system. Um, we're we're the surgeons of the forest, and and if you're hiring a horse logger, you're hiring a surgeon, not a butcher, and and that's kind of the way you you have to market yourself is is that um, we're all about quality and maintaining that quality. So, um, but the opportunity is huge if people want to get involved in it. The the work is there. So. Well, you said you do teach it. Tell us if any of our listeners want to get involved in it or, or learn how do you teach it do you have schools or or how can they find you for more information well um i do individual teaching um basically um if somebody wants to go through my course they can they can come up and and plug in with whatever i'm working on and and uh, um, i teach directional fouling and chainsaw safety and uh, saw milling and, and the horse driving horses and working horses. Um, <clears throat> they can plug in individually or when we have camps, um, we actually run a school and, and I'll have usually five or six students in a camp. So, um, uh, and the camps, you know, the, the schools, I guess are, it just coincide with what I've got going on for camps. Um, right now I'm trying to put one together, but uh, I haven't got my main crew put together. That's the first thing I do is get, get my main crew put together and then, and then deal with the student stuff afterwards. But, um, 
<clears throat> but but I still can plug people in, in individually. So it's just a matter of giving, uh, getting in contact with me, and and uh, we'll we'll set up a, a program for whatever their needs are. Some people have uh, <clears throat> a lot of experience with horses, but maybe not chainsaws, and some of the other way around, and and. Uh, I, I do think that uh, learning a little bit about sawmilling, uh, we do have a sawmill, and, and uh, I think you're a better logger when you see what goes on inside a log, and, and when you saw a little bit, you learn a little more about um, about logging. So, All right, and if people want to follow you, they can, as I do, follow you on Facebook. That's Tim Carroll, C-A-R-R-O-L-L. They can also find you on the web at cedarriverhorselogging.us. Um, you you do have a tremendous way of putting it when you say that, that you are the surgeon of the forest, not the butcher. That's that's a great way to look at it because I know you want to maintain this land and, and help preserve the horsepower. So it's been awesome ha- having you, Tim, and I hope that people will follow you on the Facebook and see the great things that you do and a great shout out for being a part of our show today. Well, thanks for having me. Um, you, you're doing the same thing, you know, with, with what you're doing is we're, we're about promoting hor- uh, draft horses in the, in the country and, um, and preserving, uh, uh, traditions and, and we're really are losing our knowledge, uh, with, with people not, getting involved so i'm i'm always encouraged to, to get new young people involved in draft horses all right well have a great day and i'll say stay warm but i don't know it just above 10 degrees if you're going to stay too warm today but thanks so much for being Are a part you kidding? of the show that's today, a Tim. heat wave you know when he deals with minus 20 <laughs> and 30 you know 10 above is like a heat wave he's got short sleeves on He's out there. No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> Says the guy who lives no. in Florida. <laughs> Thanks, Tim. Yes, that's what I was going to say. Probably 75 degrees where you're hey, at. Hey, we're cold at 60 today. So I'm just saying. <laughs> but, Tim, see ya. <laughs> okay, there's a manly man right there. There's uh, no question. I don't, I don't care <laughs> just... how tough you are hooking up a team of horses at 20 below and going into the woods. I don't well, care. Well, not only that, I, we've, That's, we've he actually... He says it's a dying part. There's a reason. <laughs> there, there's a, you know, we've cut down trees in the wintertime and the trees are frozen. The chainsaw is frozen. I, everything's just frozen. It's just a pain. I don't, I, don't, I don't know how he does it. And you know the snow on the ground, it's slippery, it's messy. Ugh. Uh, I'll, st- I'll keep my desk chair job. Thank you very much. Jennifer, tell us about a- another show coming up. <laughs> oh, Jennifer, we can't hear you. I think you're on mute. So I'll take you off of that. Sorry, my fault. Oh, there we go. There you go. There we go. In just 321 days, the World Clydesdale Show will be returning to the Alliant Energy Center in Madison, Wisconsin, where hopefully it will not be 20 below. And that's where it was held in 2007 and 2011 because it's held every four years. And it's powered by the Chesapeake Petroleum, which is the, and it is the crown jewel of the Clydesdale breed. The size of this year's show, it is the biggest and expect to see the biggest horses. And the quality of this year's show, completely unmatched. And the beauty of this show, nothing compares. There you go. Madison is a great city and they embrace the 2018 World Clydesdale Show with camping on site and hotels within walking distance of the facility. That's a real thing. 
More than 600 Bonnie Clydes will be on hand, and they have state-of-the-art facilities totaling 290,000 square feet of indoor, that means warm and dry, space. <laughs> the World Clydesdale Show is proud to welcome Chesapeake Petroleum as their official title sponsor. And does it ever mean great things for the Clydesdales? We are excited to announce that an additional $50,000 in premiums has been pledged by the Chesapeake Petroleum's Victoria McCullough. The breed's best will be on hand, vying for these premiums in well over a hundred competitions. Stay connected as more World Clydesdale Show details are confirmed and announced. Go to worldclydesdaleshow.com, and it carries all the sponsorship information and opportunities, volunteer forms, vendor forms, and more. The website will be updated regularly in the months coming up. Only 221 days until the World Clydesdale Show. Mark your calendar. October 24th through the 28th, 2018, and make your plans now. Thank you very much, Glenn, Jennifer. Can you imagine how many, Glenn, can you imagine how many people, including myself, are going to have gray hair at the end of October next year? I was year? just looking, I, Two you know, I world was just, shows I was just <laughs> a week at apart. The, yeah, they're a week apart. That, who, that's, uh, wow. Well, you know what? You'll well, be busy. I, You'll have work. So there's well, that. it's going to be a big year. I, I, uh, <laughs> I, I'm going to have the stores at both. I'm going to be announcing at both and trying to support both. And I think November, we all need to be booking our cruise because by November, we're going to need it. Yeah, we're going to need a break. Need but what what a great way what a great way to, to showcase the gentle giants and, and promote our draft horses. These world shows are more than the event. They, they are a tradition. They're a part of our history. And it, it's an exciting time in our industry. Very cool. Well, speaking of uh, things that are coming up, there's a few other things coming up in January. Okay. Just in January, I have, people think that you kind of slow down in the winter, but nothing like Tim does in in the woods, but we're kind of busy in January in our draft horse industry. Uh, January 5th through the 7th, we're going back to your stomping ground at uh, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. It's it's the Pennsylvania Farm Show. And if you've never been to the Farm Show, it showcases Pennsylvania bred animals, and you have to be a resident of Pennsylvania to show there. But it will be huge. I have never gone to an event that has more spec. Uh, just people coming to watch it. It's huge for their livestock show. For you the can't food. walk in the place. I know. I mean, it's you, like fifty thousand, hundred thousand people a day. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. It, it it is, and it's so sad when you go out there. Um, you know. In October, when you go out there for the Keystone, not a whole lot of of crowd participation. But when you go back in January, and I can tell you from 20 years of experience of announcing at the farm show, you either get snowed in, iced in, or you get snowed out or iced out. It never is nice weather. (laughs) Never. (laughs) But you're, you're locked into a building with your closest friend and some of the best food that can be produced in the state of Pennsylvania. So... Farm show, draft horse show is on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. That is a a great way, again, to support Pennsylvania bred horses. January 6th, if you're looking to buy horses or tack, it is the LaRue Horse and Tack Sale in LaRue, Ohio. January 13th through the 15th, we'll all be heading to Loveland, Colorado. Loveland, just north of Denver. It is showcasing the Big Thunder Draft Tour show. we got some new hitches coming. I've been working with Abby and the, and the crew out there. An exciting thing that they do at 
the Big Thunder Draft Horse Show is Draft Horse U. We talked to Brian Coleman about that. If you love to watch the horses, come out there. It's very hands-on. You can be in the barns with the horses one minute and then sitting in the crowd watching them. That Draft Horse U brings everybody together and, and teaches you about harnessing, about showing, about the horse in general. So it is a great, great show, and you can always find them online, the Big Thunder Draft Horse Show in Loveland, Colorado. From there, we all move to the National Western Stock Show in Denver, which is the 18th through the 21st. I know the postcards went out. If you've ever been there, they've sent you reminders about getting your room. My suggestion from experience, if you're getting a room for the Denver Stock Show, find a hotel on Quebec Street. They have shuttles that run every hour starting at 6 in the morning until 11 at night. So you can get up early, go watch some of the shows, go back. Back to the hotel. It's a free shuttle that takes you around. So again, my suggestion, find a hotel on Quebec Street for the National Western Stock Show. And then we're going back to where it began for you, Glenn. January 16th and 17th is the Pennsylvania Draft Horse Sale in Harrisburg. Lots going on in Harrisburg. Beautiful facility. Great horses. Very nicely run sale. It is the Pennsylvania Draft Horse Sale of Harrisburg, January 16th through the 17th. So Lots of things going on in the month of January as we welcome 2018. Sounds terrific. Well, once again, I want to thank Lynn and everybody over at the Draft Horse Journal and you, Lisa, for helping to put on these Draft Horse episodes. They're always very popular. Uh, I, you know, every month I tell you you were the top one, but last month you got beat. So, oh man, you were second who, last who month. Who did it? Actually, Jamie and I did it. We who had one it? show on a Friday that was very popular. So, uh, so we beat you out. So there. For the first time in months and months and months and months, months. but uh, you know, darn. But you know what? We're, we got some good bargains going on this month. You do in, now. In, I wanted to our, remind everybody about that. You're going to send us a list, and we're going to put it on our horses in the morning Facebook page. As soon as we get that from Lisa today, we'll put it up on our horses in the morning Facebook page because there were a lot of codes and discounts and everything, and people aren't going to remember. So we'll we'll right. definitely post it over on horses in the morning. You want to make sure you like that page. There's also a horses in the morning draft horse page too, right? Right. And I'm going to post this on there as well. And if you share that, I'm going to randomly pick a couple winners to, to get one of the items on our list today, which was the draft horse calendar for 2018. So once things go up, start sharing and we will randomly pick a few people that share our posts to give them the 18 calendar because all of our items on our top 10 today are something that directly affects our industry, whether it's the personal Twisted X shoes or helping to support your horse's health with the Pinwood products or supporting these world shows. This is something our industry needs to come together and, and help support each other. We're a small group doing great things. And as you said, the, the gentle giants, the heavy horses are top on your show, but with everybody in the outside world looking in, they all want to come and pet one of the gentle giants. So that's right. thank you to everybody that's, that has helped support the items that I picked on my top 10. And thanks so much for horses in the morning for welcoming the gentle giants as, as part of your, 
favorite podcasts. Well, if you want to find all the past episodes, go to horsesinthemorning.com. Just put in draft, and it'll bring up all the past episodes that we've done over the years. You can also find us on our app. Horse Radio Network has an app with all 15 shows that we do on the app. You can find that at, or actually 16 shows now. So you can find that uh, at Horse Radio Network in the App Store, iOS or Android. It's free. It's easy. It's probably the simplest way. You can download shows to your phone through the app. You can stream them, whichever way you want to do it. You can do it. And uh, I know a lot of people, I know a lot of you listening right now have draft horses live on farms. And your Wi-Fi is not very good. So sometimes you, you download things when you're in town. You go to McDonald's or Starbucks and download all your stuff. You can do that or at work. So you can do that uh, with our app as well and then listen to the shows later. Uh, Thanks to the wonderful sponsors, the 2018 World Clyde Show, Shipshawana Harness and Supplies, the Clydesdale Store and more, the 2018 World Pertron Congress, and the Mid-America Draft Horse Sale. You know what? Thank you so much, everybody, for joining us this year on the Draft Horse episode. We'll be back tomorrow. Jamie and I, we will have for you a... um, We'll have for you really bad ads tomorrow, and I'm sure we'll have some guests, so it'll be a lot of fun. Lisa, you have yourself a Merry Christmas. Well, thank you, and I have to go on record. We made a whole show without me losing my internet. I know, and you weren't even breaking up that bad. I was just praying. I was praying the whole time, so good job. Good job (laughs) with that. All right. Merry Christmas, and thanks so much to all of our listeners. All right. Thanks, everybody. Can't you hear those bells? Can't you hear those bells? Can't you hear those bells? Christmas times are coming. Christmas times are coming. Christmas times are coming. And I know I'm going home. Snowflakes are falling. My old homes are calling. Tall pines are humming. Cause Christmas times are coming. Can't you hear those bells ringing?